Welcome to Tinseltown Tea, you guys. Yes, welcome to another episode mm-hmm. of tomfoolery. Absolutely. And knowledge mixed together. Absolutely. From two black gals. Yeah. Who are the shit? Yeah. Kids fuck. Right. <laughs> okay, I'm done. All right. So, <laughs> of course. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm going to eat my voodoo donut, so yeah. fuck it. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> so, woo. Mm. It's so, good. so, would you rather? Mm-hmm. I will start. Go for it. What was my damn? Would you? Ra- I had one. Oh, <laughs> would you rather be married to a ten? Mm-hmm. So he's like fine, fine, with a bad personality, or okay. a six with an amazing personality. Six with amazing personality. Yeah, that was kind of easy. Now, when I read it through, I was like, oh, that's kind of easy. Yeah, because a, a ten with a bad personality is a zero. I hate. I hate that. Yeah, I have too much personality to be with someone who doesn't have any personality. Like, fuck that. Yeah, no. And I feel like women do that anyway. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like we're like... I feel like any nigga I date doesn't look as good as me. No. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're... And a six isn't even that bad because you're halfway. You're you're halfway there. You're halfway over a five. And then if your personality is pretty great. Like, most dudes who... Most guys that I... Okay, if we take the average rapper... They, mm-hmm. it's a rare find that any of them are like tens or yeah. even eights. Yeah, it's rare. Mm-hmm. Um, and they always end up with no less than nine and a halfs. Mm-hmm. Mostly tens, elevens, twelves, maybe a nine point two. Yeah, they and they all think that they should deserve that, considering the fact that most of them look like trash. Just le poopoo. It's not <laughs> look like straight booty. <laughs> just not good. Straight booty. Just not. So yeah. Um, yeah, that was kind of easy. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, it depends. You know, some people are like, nah. Um, my would you rather? Would you rather look ten years older from the neck up, or look ten years older from the neck down? Hmm. Well, me and Judith were talking about this earlier. Yeah, we're black. Yeah. I'm black and Asian, which are the two races that don't age. Yeah. So either way, I think I'll look. This, either way, it was even out. It'll even out. But I would rather do body because mm-hmm. I ain't touching my face. Like mm-hmm. I want my face to look yeah. youthful mm-hmm. at all times. And body, I feel like that's something you can work on. Mm-hmm. Like you can keep your body up together. Yeah. Like work out, eat better, so it'll yeah. look youthful. Yeah. But face. Shit old as shit old. I mean, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, definitely I would do body. Yeah, I would I would also do body. Um, yeah, I would just also do body. But I also think, like, we have a warped sense of what a youthful body looks like. Yeah. Because I, I would actually would rather have my body aged 10, 10 uh, years. Yeah, Because my gracefully. body right now is kind of young. Yeah. <laughs> I need them curves to kick in. So, yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, of course, you have to get, you know, you know, when it comes to, like, health and sickness mm-hmm. and stuff, it's harder to recover from certain things yeah. when you are um, older, and that's just a fact. But, yeah, I don't mind, yeah, my body aging, but my face looks um, young, you know. Also, it's a way to trap these Niggas, you know niggas, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, look so young. <laughs> We're already in the bed. <laughs> Bitch, I'm 85. <laughs> <laughs> and we still go fuck. <laughs> and you still gonna like it. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> so yeah. <laughs> and and that is Tinseltown tea for you guys. If this is your first time, time to go, listening that was a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. But our next segment is no better do better. And in this one, we just share some quick tidbits, lessons learned, mm-hmm. stuff that we are learning as we continue yeah. our screenwriting journey, mm-hmm. um, just growth and wisdom. Mm-hmm. It can be uh, something deep or it can be something really chill and like uh, common sense that we just need to remind ourselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. We get caught up. We forget. So uh, my no better do better is uh, don't be afraid to shoot your shot. Mm. Um, I heard this from uh, that. Yeah, uh, from an amazing uh, director. His name is Justin Simeon. Love um, him. He, you know, he's doing his thing. Oh, he was one of our niggas, as you should know. Yes, yeah, a while in the very, very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, don't be afraid to shoot your shot. Like uh, I know I'm very shy when it comes to that because I'm afraid Same. to look overly desperate. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's like you see it out especially here in LA or I mean some people can see it even on their job like that one person who's just so over eager and that it's just like okay calm down relax stop it like Mm -hmm. go away you know so sometimes we're afraid to look like that that we don't just when the opportunity is there where we over, we're overthinking and we're hesitating mm-hmm. to just take it and ask. And for me sometimes it's just asking. You know what I mean? Just saying, "Hey, I'm a writer and I do this. I would love to send you my stuff if that's okay with you." Mm-hmm. And finding a way to say it without feeling like you're begging or you're chasing just like hey like doing it conversational hey i write i know that you are a director so you're looking for writing stuff and i would love to be able to send my stuff to you or hey i know you're a writer i'm a writer would love to collaborate i read your stuff it's amazing like Mm -hmm. you never know and um even when you come across with collaborators who are like quote unquote have made it like you see them and you're like i'm trying to be like that yeah like a lot of times what i've learned in this industry is that a lot of people even though it feels like you see them on TV and you hear them and all that stuff mm-hmm. a lot of surprisingly what I'm finding are they're very down to earth and they're willing to talk and mm. like show love there are some people yeah. who are not like that and it's not to say that they're all but I'm I was shockingly surprised to see how people who are coming up with their deals and like you know truly working are like mm willing to be like oh absolutely yeah let's try this let's try that um which is like so heartening um and so like encouraging so you never so know sweet. shoot your shot like the, the only thing that can happen is people are like no i can't do that but thank you or you know what no i'm not the right person but maybe this person actually might yeah. be the right person no one's you gonna know? die yeah i think everyone is just so afraid of rejection yeah and did just use your fear to stop mm. you from doing shit. But in this life, if what you're doing doesn't scare you, then you ain't doing shit. That's so, right. As Rick Ross said, closed mouths yeah, don't get fed. They so. don't get fed on this boulevard. Not on this one. So Not on Hollywood. <laughs> not on Hollywood boulevard. Not on this drive. avenue. Okay. Not on this street. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. In that case, you just got to do some shit that really scares you. And yeah. for me, I'm the same way. Like, mm-hmm. I hate rejection. If I yeah. even think that someone has a... I don't like to even give people the chance yeah. to be like, no. Yeah. But you got to take those no's, especially as a writer. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Everybody going to tell your ass, no. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. So mm-hmm. just be ready for it. But the what's the worst that's going to happen? Like, yeah. you're not going to fucking die. Yeah. Like, you're literally not going to die. You're yeah. not going to burst in flames. Like, that's right. 
you're just gonna have to take that and keep it moving. Yeah. And we live in an area where you can make your shit, like, in any form. Exactly. Where you don't even have to go through those gatekeepers anymore. Right. Like, you Mm -hmm. can do your own shit. Mm -hmm. So, that's very true. Yep. That was a good one. Thanks. All right. So, mine was, I mean, it kind of, I can piggyback off Mm -hmm. of that. It's just learn how to silence your inner critic. So, a lot of us, especially writers or creatives, I would say creatives, whether you create anything, you have an inner critic that is consistently telling you all types of trash shit. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people listen to that inner critic. And those are the people that don't end up doing what they want to do because they let that inner critic rule them um but you got to learn how to silence that especially when you're writing because when you're Mm -hmm. a writer your inner critic gonna be like bitch you trash this shit stinks Mm -hmm. like what the fuck you talking about you can't fucking write your characters is stank like Mm -hmm. that's how my inner critic talks to me (laughs) everybody's (laughs) inner critic is different but that's how mine talks to me and um I know this is a big thing for writers, but you have to learn how to silence that. Like, you just have to learn how to master your thoughts, master your mind, Mm -hmm. and be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do this shit, and if it sucks, it sucks, but I'm not going to let you stop me from doing what I need to do. I'm not going to let you stop me from finishing this. I'm not going to let you stop me from doing rewrites. I'm not Mm going to do any of that. So, just learn how to... um, be more mindful and uh, make friends with your inner critic. Be like, hey, mm-hmm. bitch, I see you. Mm-hmm. I know you in my head, but mm-hmm. we cool. Yeah. And I'm going to keep you in check. Yeah. So that's my uh, no better do better of the week. No, that totally makes sense. For me, it's like that's when I say I have writer's block, but it's really me overthinking something mm-hmm. and not writing it down because the fear has has it running in my head like, mm-hmm. uh, what about this? What about that? What if you do this? What if you do that? Blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And it's like this ongoing running and yeah. I'm like, I can't think of anything because it's a yeah. way to stop me from overthinking as opposed to just saying, okay, this is the idea. Just write it down. Like exactly. writing is rewriting anyway. So you'll go back. Exactly. You'll think it over and you'll change it or you might like it. Like you, you know what I mean? So it's like I have to really get, especially in the, for me, the brainstorming part, I'll talk myself out of all these ideas. And it's just like, hey, hey, like you said, talk to your inner critic. Hey, girl. Hey, I know you're afraid. Shut up. It's going to be okay. You're just going to put the words down. Right. You're not married to any of this. You can change this. Do not worry. It's like. Exactly. Come back from the edge. I think, yeah, <laughs> that's so very true. I think mm-hmm. we're like so scared to just put all of our ideas down because mm-hmm. we're like thinking about the ideas before we even put it down. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bitch, you're not married to the shit. Like, just put it down. Put it down. It can always be changed. See what happens. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Anybody going to die, like I said before. So, yeah. Yeah. So, know better, do better, mm-hmm. uh, silence your inner critic, and don't be afraid to shoot your shot. Please. Yep. Okay. Hope y'all learned something. We'll be back. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. So we back with the news to keep y'all niggas informed into what is going on with black and brown creatives. Ooh, shit. In the industry. Let's do it. So first story we have is about 
my little boo-boo, Asante Black. Yes, He sir. makes a, oh, this is from Shadow Act, by the way. Mm-hmm. He makes a huge splash as a double nominee mm-hmm. for this year's Critic Choice Awards. That's right. Now, if you guys are unfamiliar with this young man, he was one of our niggas that you should know. Mm-hmm. He is a, I don't know, um, 15, 16. He's a young little thing. Who was uh he got he gained notoriety for being in When They See Us. Mm-hmm. He played Kevin, mm. one of the exonerated five. He was That's also right. nominated for an Emmy for that role. Yes. His first Emmy, um, well and his deserved. first big break. So mm-hmm. look at that. Like this kid is going places. On his way. And now he is double nominated in the critic choice. Awards. So let's see what he's nominated. Obviously, he's nominated for. Oh my God, he's eighteen. Wow, he looks so I'm much younger. The hell out right now. He looks so much younger. I'm shook. Okay, I'm shook. Oh I'm my shook. 18. I need to regroup. That means legally he's an adult. This. Oh my God. I was calling this a little boy. Oh my oh. God. Apologies. Or something. He just looks very young, y'all. So that is why I was. I thought he was Stay like 15, 16. Okay, he's a grown ass man. Not yet, but he's te- legally a grown ass man. We we can send you off to war. He's clearly. still a little baby though. Oh my god. Anyways, mm-hmm. let me let me not call him that because that is <laughs> niggas don't like that. You ain't grown. <laughs> so he was nominated obviously for When They See Us, and then he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for his role in This Is Us. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us stuff. Oh good. Um, so he played uh, a love interest in This Is Us. Hmm. What is the the foster child's name? Oh, Randall's I need to foster catch child, up. the teenage one that he I fo- forget adopted. Deja, Deja. And so I think he plays. I have. I need to catch up on. This I need to catch too. up a lot. But he plays Deja's. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the name? Love interest. Crush. Little crushy. Little crush. crushy crush. So, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. That we exciting. stand this young man. I had to take we a know, break ooh. though from This Is Us. That kept yeah, making me was, every episode. I cannot cry every episode. I yeah, couldn't. it's just too much. It was too like, good. Y'all just oh be doing the good. Goodness. But in a good way. Y'all yep. do the most in a good way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we stand this young man. Congrats mm-hmm. on your nominations. You are literally racking up the nominations wow. this year. I'm well scared done. of you. Can't okay. wait to see you in some more projects, I'm sir. scared of you. So yeah, we can't wait to see you in more projects. And mm-hmm. so sorry that I thought you were freaking 12. You a baby. When you were 18. You a baby. So sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry to that man. <laughs> um. All right. So next we have... When Shadow and Act pulls it up. So this is from Shadow Act as well. And this is... Oh, this is about the uh, African American Film Critics Association. Oh, nice. They announced their winners this year. And Us leads all films with three wins. Wow. So Us won Best Film, Best Director for Jordan Peele. Nice. And Best Actress for Lupita Nyong'o. Yep. So, I mean, I'm... I know. Not surprised. Um, not surprised. I did not see it because my soul would have just <laughs> left my body. But just from the trailer alone, I was terrified and I knew. I knew Jordan Peele had done did it again. And mm. Lupita Nyango, mm. um, I mean, just from the trailer alone, I would have gave her all the awards. So I just, yeah. I mean, honestly, one day I can get my soul together and um, go see, uh, truly support uh, the Black Horse films that are coming out because. Now we're not just, you know, the first people to be killed. We're actually 
the highlight and the main storyline, which is so exciting. Yes. It's so exciting to see. So, yeah, congrats. Yes, it was an amazing movie. One of the smartest movies I've seen in a long time. Mm. Um, and I watch a lot of movies. So, That's great. so happy that they won big at the mm-hmm. African American Film Critics Association. Nice. Um, so, we are so happy for them. Congrats. Oh, they have to- awards? Is that what they do, the Critics Association? Yeah, it's like okay. an award, and then the award show, I guess, will be held in January. Okay. Um, so next of year. next year. Which well, is next in a month, couple shit, of weeks. That's shit, going to be wild. next month. So wild. we are so excited. Nice. Um, congrats to Lupita, Jordan, mm. of course, mm-hmm. and the film. Yeah, you Winston Duke, Baby did, Daddy, did, oh. I see you, sir. Yeah. Yep. Y'all did the damn so thing. Fine. Mm-hmm. All right. So this must be award show news because I guess all the award shows are announcing their little nominees or whatever. Mm-hmm. This one <laughs> grinds my little gears. Mm. So when they see us was shut out completely of the Golden Globes in Ooh. a year of almost all white nominees. Ooh. So first of all, it's 2019, about to be 2020. Why are nominees still predominantly white? Like what the fuck? And there's so much more than usual like there was a lot of really good black and brown content so, so i much. don't i literally don't understand yeah um mm-hmm. shit trash but let me just go ahead and read the article from shadow and act um obviously they completely shut out when they see us Jerome mm. jerome didn't even get a fucking nomination like that's bitch, wild <laughs> the nigga that's won wild. a fucking emmy um and well deserved well deserved a fucking emmy and they didn't even get that nigga nomination so that's so strange they stink what the fuck that's, that's trash so okay so other snubs include regina king which is my fucking How queen she is my queen not she even for watchmen that's what, yeah, she didn't get a, 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 a nomination for Watchmen. And they didn't even give Zendaya anything for, for Euphoria. Euphoria. Oh, and come she on half now. white. I mean, <laughs> yes. Y'all know y'all be um, prioritizing the little mixed kids, but y'all didn't even give her nothing. <laughs> and she, I mean, she did the damn she, thing in Euphoria. She truly, I was truly dis- disturbed. I couldn't watch the whole season, but my God, the pilot and that second episode was more than enough. My for me. spirit, I watched the whole thing. My I was spirit like, was yes. not sitting right. Um, so child, that means you, that you can, did something. You can play an addict, child. My God. Um, and Lupita didn't even get a nomination on the film side. That's wild. They create like for it's us? like they were like come on. It's like they were deliberately just not nominating any black people. And these people all deserved awards. They all won all other of these awards. are excellent. Sh- like I just I truly like, don't understand. Uh, Jarrell won an Emmy. Why is he not nominated? Uh, fucking Regina King. Hello. Why is she not nominated? Zendaya. Why is she not nominated? She's nominating other shit. And Lupita. Obviously, she come won on. fucking awards for this shit. Why is she not? Okay. All right. Okay. There were only five black projects and or actors who were nominated for Golden Globes. They nominated uh, fucking Cynthia Erivo okay. for Harriet. Okay. Which I heard mm. mixed reviews about. I heard mixed too. I heard there were some so issues. So I'm interested as to why they chose her and everybody. But hey, right. I'm still happy for her. I like her. Yeah. She deserves um, Eddie Murphy got. Uh, my name is Dolomite. Yes. Dolomite. That's good. Dolomite is my name. Yeah. I like that movie. Oh, Dolomite it was, is my name. It was Forgive real me. cute. Yeah. Not cute, but it was a good movie. Yeah, I liked it was funny. The message, and yeah. I liked Eddie Murphy, so I'm happy yeah. about that. Billy Porter got Best Actor in Pose, which. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. 
And then uh, Dolomite is my name. Got best motion picture, musical, or comedy. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like that's that. That's cool. I like that movie. Um, but still, there yeah. were still so many other people. Yeah, I guess more... it felt like they hit their cap on black folks they could nominate yeah. so they're like we can only nominate this amount of black niggas um, so not even like blackish or even nothing insecure like nothing. what are we like Lupita didn't even get doing Nathan. Queen Sugar um, so yeah it's like it's like they just reached their cap on niggas so they were like <laughs> can't nominate any more niggas we, don't, Listen, we got enough so speaking the rest to, of y'all spoken, niggas <laughs> speaking. we have spoken to all the other award shows they have done enough for you Negroes mm-hmm. enough is enough yep You've had enough. your chance. We we picked five of y'all out of ten. That's enough. Should be grateful. That's all we can do. Grateful. Okay. So right. pretty fucking sad. Um. So, uh, right. what, what? Which one was that? Golden Globes. Yeah. yeah Golden not Globes. fucking with you this year. Sorry. Will not be watching. Sorry. So strange. Actually, I don't feel sorry. Why am I no, apologizing? No, feel sorry. I will tune in just for Billy Porter's outfit though, and then change the channel. Yeah. His I want to know what he's wearing because he always does it up yeah. and he does it well. Period. His outfits are great. Mm-hmm. He looks great all the time. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you, Billy Porter. Mm-hmm. Hope you win that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. They reached their nigga quota, so we don't <laughs> know. <laughs> they nominated five of y'all niggas. I don't know if y'all gonna win though. <sighs> and there's so many categories in that thing. Like I know because they do TV and film. Yeah, that's what I'm like. So it's like stupid mm. trash. Mm. All right, moving on because that shit's trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, so American Soul season two is coming to BET. I believe this is uh, so this is from uh, Shadow Act mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so I believe this show. What is the show about? This is a show about. I think the Soul Train Don Cornelius. Don Cornelius mm-hmm. from Soul Train, mm-hmm. who is. Um, passed away passed away that's cool that they did a show about him apparently Mm -hmm. people liked the first season I didn't watch it Um, I think Kelly Rowland was in it as Gladys Knight Ooh, okay yeah. y'all better did she I had a pips to too she, probably she had them pips yeah I need to see I it I love it mm-hmm. um, so yeah they are slated for a second season and Darius McCray mm-hmm. who McCrary oh shit yeah he used to be on McCrary. Family Matters he used to play Eddie yes mm-hmm. who was on Family Matters he would play James Brown Nice. Okay. Um, he can sing. He can, but interesting. I'll see how he does. I just know that James Brown is a very small man, and Darius McCray yeah, is a very tall. big dude. Yeah. Um. So it just threw me off. <laughs> um. But sure, mm-hmm. I am all for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Ball will play Dick Clark. Okay. But Dick Clark's a white dude, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm assuming Alex is also white, but uh, okay. We'll skip over that. Tone mm. Bell as Richard Pryor, which I don't know who Tone Bell is, mm-hmm. but I'm sure he's gonna kill it. Mm-hmm. Demetria McKinney as June Pointer. Mm-hmm. I like her a lot. Mm-hmm. London Brown as Bootsy Collins. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody, a white dude as Elton John. Mm-hmm. DC Young Fly as Sly Stone. I'm like, I think that's a good casting. It is, but DC Young Fly is, is a wild. mess. <laughs> oh my wild. God. He's hilarious. Um, I maybe is this, this a drama? Be- I think so. So maybe this. Oh wow! Ma- well, maybe he's the comedic like. Um, what Relief? is the word? Relief or and also maybe this is his chance to show like his dramatic his dramatic side chops. Too. Okay, you um, know? I'm interested. All yeah. right, I may. I, I'm probably I might gonna watch, watch it for that. Just yeah. for that. And Big Boy as George Clinton. I That's love a Big really Boy. Good, yeah. 
Um, anything that he acts in, I'm there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching. Yes. Um, off rip because I adore Big Boy. Yeah. So Big Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I had the way. <laughs> I like the way you move. Okay. So yeah, that's pretty cool cast. Yeah, that's so. By Big Boy. Um, also guest starring is Lettucey as Patty Labelle. Come on, that's cool. That voice. That's I think that's a great casting. She has yeah. a great voice. So. I love Pat LaBelle too. Yeah. <laughs> Young Jock as Gary Scheider. I don't know who Gary Scheider is, but come on, Young but first Jock. First of all, Young Jock. Come on, Jock. I'm through as fuck. Meet me um, the can that nigga even going act? down? Meet me in the club. I don't even. <laughs> well, I mean, he, I guess he can't act because yeah. he's on the reality show, which is all acting yeah. anyway. Shady, but I mean, hey, I would love to see how he does. Honestly, I think if if sure if he puts his all in it, I think he could. I mean, maybe this is easy for him, and this is the opportunity for us to see him in a different light. I'm down yeah, to see it. I'm and gonna, I hope he does well. I uh, yeah, me too. I'm gonna mm-hmm. let him do his thing. Although he's hilarious, though he's so he's silly, fucking funny. <laughs> And then we have Melanie Fiona as Shaka Khan. Which I, that was a great casting. I, I was like, that. I see it. I see it. Yeah, I love Misa Melanie Fiona. What a beautiful woman and beautiful voice. So I am so excited. So yeah, guys, check that out on BET. I guess I should give y'all premiere dates because... Yeah, I might go on Amazon um, and see that, actually. That seems like let me a see. good storyline. Do I have a premiere date? I don't got no premiere date. Okay. So we'll look just out for it. Look out for it, shit. Y'all gonna see it on the little BT. Um, American Soul featuring all those cool peeps that we just talked about. Nice. So yeah. That's your news, guys. There it is. We'll be back. Right back. Okay, let me think about what I'm about to say. Got it. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's forever. Oh, oh, Ain't nobody, nobody love me better. Make me happy. Make me feel this way. Ain't nobody, nobody love me better than you. Oh my God! What a song! I mean, what a what a song! What a legend! Hey everybody, we are back. Yes, we are. Did you miss us? Long time. Hope you did. So uh, we are back with our main segment, and I'm going to be leading it this time. And we are going to be talking about characters, developing Mm. them, being inspired by them, Mm. um, understanding them, um, how we get them to a place where you know we can actually build a story off them and really push them forward. Um, You know, with any good show, we I've been inspired by characters. Um, I, oh, now I'm thinking about characters now that I didn't even write down when I prepared for this thing but it's great because that's what happens when you start to uh, communicate and talk and you know let it out yep. so yeah we're just going to talk about characters and how it's important to not only develop them how, what kind of techniques blah, what kind of techniques we use <laughs> hello to get it together and um, yeah 
go back and forth and like really um, understand them because when you have a really good character, yeah. usually the story writes itself. It does because when you know how your character, what your character does, and mm-hmm. and you put them in different situations you know how they'll respond to, to certain things and, yeah. you know, what really ticks them off, what they love, what makes them scared, uh, their flaws and their, you know, their, their what's the word? Strengths. Flaws mm-hmm. and strengths. So, yeah. So, first, we're going to start off with, you know, how we come up with characters. Um, okay. For me, personally, um, I... I'm really drawn and inspired by like my closest friends um, mm-hmm. and family. Um, a lot of my friends and you know are my family to me. So usually, if it's a comedy or a drama, like if it's a drama, it's what I know, like what we've been through that really inspires us. And a lot of times, we what we're going through is universal, right? Mm-hmm. So whether it's pain, heartbreak, or joy, or like yeah. success, or all those things as humans as we feel, if we can tap into that personal, personal experience, and we can truly understand what the characters are feeling, because we know, like, we've been there, we can draw from our own experiences and create characters. I've created characters off of people who I think are just inspiring to like my grandmother like she she grew up in Haiti like tough as nails I didn't Mm. have the grandmother that was like here are the milk and cookies my darling she was like no why are you asleep get up time to go to school and I'm like the bus don't come till 8 it's 6 a.m it is 6 walk like get up I'm like grandmother please Please, <laughs> you know, like she did not care. No fucks given. She mm. drank every day. Haitian mm. rum. Yes, none girl. Give- <laughs> okay. Tell her send me some. Okay, and you know she lived to be eighty nine years old. Mm. So I, I it clear like you know people like a lot of us we get inspired by like the people who are closest to us, yeah. and um, those are the sort of like when we see them and through our, the eyes of, you know, our love for them and also from the way they got on our nerves. Yep. Got <laughs> you know? on goddamn nerves. You know, and where they're coming from and understanding them. So, yeah, like, most of my inspiration comes from real life, comes from friends. Um, sometimes I'm, I'm inspired by other shows and other mm-hmm. characters that I love. Um, even now with my how close my grandmother was, uh, how I was to my grandmother, like, I love yep. the Golden Girls. When we talk about characters, like oh boy, they were such great characters, and they were so much fun. And you know, when you look at Blanche, who you know, and when I saw her, she was always having a date, always having sex. You know, I'm with it, sis. I loved <laughs> Blanche. I loved Dorothy, who was always so smart, always mm. so witty. Sophia always would roast you in a heartbeat. Like heartbeat. had a story from Sicily, like. Rose always having them damn stories from St. Olaf always <laughs> being dumb and aloof like but oh so God. sweet and kind and could have a temper sometimes but um, yeah like those characters and how they were placed in different uh, scenarios that's where the comedy came from because we yeah. knew who they were we knew how they would react and you just put them in situations and you know there was hilarity would ensue yep. um so yeah so i'm in i'm oh friends family and even other like characters that i've seen um on tv um yeah so yeah what about you yeah so i'm say i'm the same way yeah i definitely come up with minds from just people that I know. Yeah. So usually, like, main character takes different pieces. I, I write female-led mm-hmm. 
stuff okay only um so yeah main characters usually draws from me a lot just because you write what you know Mm -hmm. and i know a lot of people do that as well and that's how you make them not so one-dimensional like anybody can take okay this is what a character needs to have this is the traits that they need to have this is what they need to do but like drawing from personal experience or just taking little tidbits of different people and putting those tidbits into one character that will create a truly dynamic and um, not so clunky like one dimensional character yeah that's how you create those really layered peoples yes um, to to drive your story to drive Mm -hmm. your if it's a movie drive your movie if it's a show to drive your episodes and continue to create that conflict Mm -hmm. I also do like to do that as well so if I feel like my characters are too similar Mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta put some some fucking conflict in there as we know conflict drives your story without conflict you have no story so both um, drama and comedy yeah for both so Mm -hmm. I like to make sure that my characters are different in a way um, that if they were to get into it if they were to be stuck in an elevator and get into an argument they would all have opposing viewpoints yes Um, but I also like to make sure that there are there's something about them that's similar so that Mm -hmm. way they can Mm -hmm. always relate yes um, because that's what we need as well so I like to make characters that are definitely going to have continued brewing conflict all the time because they're not the same people yeah um so yeah, I always make sure when I'm coming up with characters that I differentiate them that way. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's just through their ideals, their philosophies, life philosophies, their mm-hmm. values, mm-hmm. Um, things like that. Just the way that they see the world, I yeah. want them all to have a different viewpoint. Yeah, on the same thing. Yeah, so that um, it just makes it more interesting. Yep. So that's definitely how I come up with my characters, and like I said, I draw from fam, friends, mm-hmm. people that I know. Um, yeah, those are all pretty much the things that I do to kind of create my characters and create my world. Yeah. Create the people that I'm that I'm going to be chilling with yeah. on this little journey of writing whatever it is I'm writing. That's so true. I am. Yeah. And one of the things that are like really important when you create your characters, because a lot of times we'll create characters and it's like, oh, OK, we know who they are. But like in order to know not. So when I say know who they are, we know their personality traits but one other thing we need to do is work on their backstories right Mm -hmm. so that really is doing the work of just sitting with your character and really building out their story where they came from you know where they are right now in your story um where they're going to go um where where their parents were from right A, a character is different you know if they grew up in the foster care system or if they grew up in a two home ha- household with mm-hmm. stable parents right you there are certain things that you are going to be affected by differently um it's it's going to be different when if you are living in a very strict religious household or you are coming yeah. from um an atheist or you know a religious non-conforming household right there's yeah. going to be some different different outcomes to how who you are and 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 what that character comes from it's going to change their fears it's going to change their motivations it's going to change the way they see the world so it's truly important to like do the work to sit with care i think a lot of times we we want to just have their personality traits we know who they are and that's it but if Mm -hmm. you don't do the work to really build your character's life and who they are there are going to be it's going to be harder to put them in situations and understand how, why and how they're reacting 
the way that they do and truly mm-hmm. understanding that. Yeah. And sometimes in those moments, you're going to have to do research because you might you might not come from that background. But like there's something in you that's like, you know what? I really I believe this character needs to, you know, grow up in the foster care system. Mm-hmm. Right. Some of some of us have don't know that experience. So you have to do that research, you know, yeah, to truly understand it. or you're writing for a character who's come from a different place altogether. Someone who was born in Brooklyn, New York will have a different experience from someone who was um, from uh, Miami or from, mm-hmm. you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Like it's it's a different culture. It's a different yeah. you know, it's a different way of being and understanding the world. Mm-hmm. So it's really really important that not only that we come up with characters just to like oh this is their personality trait they're fun they're bubbly someone who's fun and bubbly from um alaska is different from from someone who's fun and bubbly from louisiana someone's gonna have a different twang someone's gonna have a different (laughs) you know they're gonna be they're gonna you know they're gonna consume different foods how we eat things is very different when it comes to cultural things some people don't know how to use chopsticks some people do you know Mm -hmm. some people that's how they eat period like some people just learn and they're like oh I love the food or whatever like it's all even if you're not a part of that culture if you grew up in Chinatown guess what (laughs) like that's not gonna be something too far from you you know what I mean so there's all these different things, whether it's location, whether it's family upbringing, how your, you know, your family dynamic was. Some of us were raised by our grandparents. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a di- you know, that's a different sort of relationship. And, and, you know, we really have to explore where our where our characters are coming from holistically so that when we put them in those storylines, we can really pick up on those nuances and those complexities of who they are and not to get lazy with that, because sometimes I want to breeze by that. Because I just want to get to the story. I just want it to get done. So many projects I've started and not finished. But, like, the more I try and skip through that part, the harder it is to write. Because Mm -hmm. the more you know your character, the more you know how they're going to respond to things. Yep. In a different way that they do. So, yeah. How do you, like, work on, like, backstories? Yeah. So, for me... Backstories, the way I've always kind of learned what works for me is Mm -hmm. you just start from when they were born up until when your pilot starts. Yep. So up until the moment right now. Um, So that's talking about, you're going to be talking about their parents. I always Mm kind of describe, I start to get into who their parents were and their relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. And then if they were together, if they weren't. So it's like their relationship with each other and then their relationship with that character. Mm Mm-hmm. And then from there, just go into, I just start writing, child. Because, yeah. like, for me, creating a backstory is, it's basically you're writing. Like, yeah. you're yeah. you're writing. Like, mm-hmm. you're you're making shit up, which yep. is what writing is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of easy for me to do that. I just literally just let my imagination run. Right. Um, I think about who this character is supposed to be. I think about the arc that I want for them throughout the the season throughout the series I keep Mm -hmm. that in mind and kind of tailor their backstory to that but Mm -hmm. for me it's just I know that it needs to be from their time of birth up until this second right now and then I just go from there so I always start with like parents and then get into who they are Mm -hmm. um get into like school life just like little stuff so I literally just go from kid up until right now Mm -hmm. um and I really get into the shit. So yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about all the different facets um, and just literally whatever comes to my mind. Yeah. I know for me, my inner critic be trying to just, mm-hmm. she be trying to police me when I'm doing backstories. Mm-hmm. But um, for, <laughs> right, she be like, stank as fuck. Yeah. So 
I have to really tell myself to just let it flow. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even think about when I'm doing backstories. I literally don't think. I just mm-hmm. write. Um, and whatever comes to mind, comes to mind. Because backstories can always be edited, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, this shit, you're not married to a backstory. Right. Like, you write a it backstory for a character, that shit can change based mm-hmm. on the way the, the show changes, the mm-hmm. way the arc changes. Like, shit always is going to change. So yep. when you write that backstory, just write it. Like, yeah. it's literally not something I think you should be, like, thinking too hard about. Yeah. Like... Just come up with a compelling story for who this person is. Yes. Up until this moment where we're going to start writing, making up a show about them or a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and just make the shit whatever you want to make it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't treat backstories like too like too heavily or too I don't take it too yeah I'm not mm-hmm. too rigid about it. Um, That's good. It really is just I know what I need to do and then mm-hmm. I just start off the dome thinking of I know this person. I have an idea of who this character is and then write something based on that. Right. So, yeah, that's kind of how I do my backstories. But they are important. I know some people say I've read in some books. They're like, you don't need to do a full backstory, but I Mm -hmm. think you should. Yeah. For every character. Yeah. Even like the minor ones, the ones who aren't the main characters, they need one too. It doesn't have to be extensive. Right. Like, my main character backstories are usually, like, two or three paragraphs. Yeah. But for, like, the supporting characters, usually, Mm -hmm. like, a paragraph. Like, you just need to have a foundation Mm because that helps you, like you said, figure out why this character does the things that they do. Why do they respond the way that they do? Why do they react the way that they do? Mm -hmm. That's all it's about is knowing why your character is acting the way that they do. And that is based on their backstory. Yeah. And the shit that they have been through. Yes. Which is why we all do the shit that we do. A hundred percent. Full yeah. show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it's and it's necessary because audiences pick up on that. Like if the, if mm-hmm. your character all of, all of a sudden is doing something that just doesn't make sense to yeah. what you set them up to be, like you can see it and feel it. It feels mm-hmm. like really out of left field and yep. it and it throws the story off and it sticks out. So And people will always smell it. Oh, yeah. So it's important. Make sure to uh, work on your backstories. And yeah, always like try to like engage their personality traits and like be as specific as um, you possibly can. Um, I whenever I look at other like characters, I'm always like astonished at the complexities of what creators will make. Like even like the very fact of like when I remember watching. So for me. And this was late in the game. The first time I really, like, related to a character was when Issa Rae did The Misadventures of an Awkward Black Girl. Because mm-hmm. there wasn't there wasn't a story of a black girl being awkward, right? We were always so strong. Yeah. We were sassy, you know, mm-hmm. our necks snapping and uh, our mm-hmm. fingers waving. like Doing all this rolling All and this, shit. like, stereotypical stuff. But it's like there are people like no matter what race are awkward who are strange who are weirdos who are kind of wild who Mm -hmm. are kind of you know what I mean and when you you just you know especially in this industry when you allow only one type of thing particularly when you talk about race and gender um and gender identity like you know it it it's it's like you get the same thing over, it becomes a caricature, it becomes a stereotype. But when we start to really play around with the complexity of people and put them in different scenarios and even different cultural backgrounds, we see like something new and different and exciting and like, mm-hmm. ooh, that's kind of, that's complex. Like that's different. Like yeah. that's, and it's funny. <laughs> like, you know exactly. what I mean? It's hilarious. So yeah, like I loved, I, that was the main thing that drew me to Issa Rae, that kind of, 
you know, that kind of character. And I also love it when we also don't forget your villains. Um, I think Ryan Coogler did a great job with Killmonger. I think he was one of my favorite villains because he did such a great job of showing him as a as a child, those quick flashbacks and like understanding how he felt abandoned you know what i mean mm-hmm. by his own people and how that that he had to fend for himself you know what i mean yeah. and how his father was taken from him prematurely you know that might leave you a little you know angry a little salty salty you know might make you a little bit rough around the edges mm-hmm. you know and you might develop a philosophy of you know violence to correct you know, those mistakes, those wrongs. And even though whether you believe it's right or wrong, I just found myself like, yo, Killmonger got a point. You know what I mean? I'm already like rooting for him. Like, okay. I was on his side. You know, maybe we shouldn't destroy all of, uh, maybe we shouldn't just give out weapons willy nilly, but maybe, maybe, ourselves. Maybe, yeah. You know, (laughs) maybe we shouldn't just hide behind this, you know, culture with Wakanda and like, you know, just trying to save everything and the resources for ourselves. And maybe we should help our brothers, you know, that bigger narrative of Mm -hmm. like the The diaspora. diaspora. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're like, help each other. And it's like, let's go off. Like, you know, very much. Let's do the goddamn thing. Yeah, that, you know, the Malcolm X versus the, you know, Martin Luther King method. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I think he did a Malcolm X gal myself. Yeah, I, I no disrespect to Dr. Too. King. Love him. Yeah, but appreciate what he did. But I was a Malcolm X gal. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I see why, and I think I too, <laughs> I too. <laughs> but um, yeah, like it, because he built that in the storyline, and it wasn't too much, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't stay forever. You Very know what subtle. I mean? We got the subtlety. We got the quick flashback. We got even the quick like growth. You know what I mean? To see. Mm-hmm. And even how he responded to when he met his relatives, literally met his relatives for the first time. Hey, auntie. Like, yeah, I'm taking over. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a new day. Mm. It's a new dawn. <laughs> you know? Right. And it was like. Y'all niggas going to learn. Woo! That climax when they switched the whole thing and he took over that throne. I was like, baby. I mean, besides the fact that Michael B. Jordan looked like a delicious snack. Beyond that. Yeah. Like, he did a really, really great job of embodying this, like quote-unquote villain Mm -hmm. with the complexities and not making it like the traditional one-note villain where you're just like, oh, you're just... Ha, 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 ha. I want to destroy. You're just evil. Yeah, that's clear we don't like you. It was like, ooh, he got a point here. Oh, Mm -hmm. my gosh, you know? So I think he did a a really, really great job um, with that. Um, Yeah, so what are some, like, personality traits or characters that kind of stand out to you? Um, So I would say... A show, I'm just going to talk about one show. It's one of my favorite shows ever. It's Dexter. Oh, yeah. So if you guys aren't familiar with Dexter, one of the most inventive shows, I think, of this time period. It is about a guy who is a serial killer and works for a TV. A TV? What the fuck? <laughs> he works for a police station. He's okay. a blood spatter analyst, um, but he's also a serial killer mm-hmm. by night. So he basically, the people who get off mm. in the system, the murderers, the bad people who get away, he kills them mm. um, because he's a serial killer and he has that that urge to mm. kill people and his father, his foster father who was... Um, a police officer there back in his heyday taught him how 